From Bregman, MD, where we're all about psych solutions, I'm your host, Linda Corley, and this is The Breakdown with Dr. B. Living with a family of mommy and daddy and children can be difficult enough with everyone getting along on a daily basis. It's pretty hard, but let's imagine throwing in a few more complexities into the mix. Well, today we're going to discuss blended families. Dr. B, this is a topic you have lots of experience with. Let's start with the definition. What is a blended family? A blended family or step family forms when you and your partner make a life together with the children from one or both of your previous relationships. I think that kind of sums that definition up. Yep, yeah, and you know what? This is such a great topic because there are so many blended families out there. And so I want to invite two experts to this conversation, introducing licensed psychologist, Dr. Joel Platter, who is a longtime practitioner in the Miami area, and his wife, Kathy Alsman, also a licensed psychologist and marriage and family therapist. Welcome to The Breakdown with Dr. B. We're happy to be here. You know, blended families, as I said, are becoming almost the norm when you consider the high divorce rate in this country. You know, there are a lot of wonderful things. I want to start off with positive here. There are a lot of wonderful benefits to a blended family. In fact, my daughter, who sort of inspired this conversation today, she just told me a couple of weeks ago how blessed she felt growing up with two fathers, two mothers. She always felt more parents the merrier. And I, you know what, that just warmed my heart. What are some of the positive aspects to a blended family? In today's world, especially, the more love that we can generate uh the better it is for everybody for children that are on the edge in terms of with parents that may not be paying attention to them may not be taking care of them in the way that we would like to see to have somebody come into the situation that's ready to do that is a wonderful thing i think a specific example of that is i've heard from more than one parent with a difficult teenager that just as you're about to kill them they get to go to the other parent and there's breaks in the relationship that can be helpful. And and what about the only child from one relationship suddenly, you know, gets dropped into maybe a larger family. She finally gets to have a sister, a brother, and all that is great. I like that concept of being open-minded, okay? In other words, that's really what I hear, what we're all saying is, you know, somehow the kids, the family's open-minded to change. Step families can be more purposeful. Biological parents need to be too, but step families, if they're at all aware, they're going to have to sit down and talk about how is this going to work? How are we going to parent? And that consciousness is a good thing. When I was divorced and went into, became a blended family, I, many years ago, didn't think to research this. Uh, But when I was looking at some of the articles here, a lot of therapists recommend before you get married to plan a blended family. In other words, really consciously think about 
mine, yours, and ours? I think that's a critical point. I mean, I, I, I look at that with any relationship. Absolutely. Um, in terms of whether the person is entering into a relationship that they actually want and, and meets their criteria. And, um, and of course, I work with people on developing criteria about what they want. But that being said, I think that it's a critical point to look at somebody entering into a blended family, it, it, to look at whether that's what they want, because there's a lot of people who are like, I don't want to be with somebody who has kids and I don't want to deal with exes and I don't want to deal with a kid that's not my biological child. And, um, and then they, for whatever reason, they find themselves on the threshold of entering into a relationship like that. And that's, that can be problematic. People have a tendency to romanticize it. I mean, people do that in relationships anyway, don't you? Right, like it's the Brady Bunch. Yes, exactly. I think as a therapist, part of the job is to disabuse them of that romanticism because that just gets in the way of a positive outcome. So you recommend uh, sitting down, you know, first of all, consciously accepting, is this a good idea for me? Once they say, yes, this is going to be wonderful. What are some of the points when you sit down at the table? What would be some of the points that you want to lay out in terms of rules that you think would be advantageous to getting somewhat like the Brady Bunch? Number one, <laughs> lower your expectations. <laughs> it's not like just put in the microwave for a minute and instant Brady Bunch. It's hard work. And there are a lot of competing forces. There are exes involved. There are conflicting loyalties that a lot of people have. And it takes patience and time to develop a family that everybody feels good about. Not that that can't happen, that can definitely happen. It's definitely a reasonable goal, but it, everybody has to understand that it takes time and you have to kind of work at it systematically. And time is in years because I think people go in, of course it will take time, we'll have this down in three months. And you're talking about years building a family and a marriage. Dr. B, let's get into some of the common challenges. What would be your top two to a blended family? I get in the office with all the real problems, okay? Because a lot of the people that the kids you know, that I saw you know, came from the hospital because I was chief of psychiatry and Miami Children's for 10 years. So on the cases we would deal with, the kids were really, some of them, you know, they came from the hospital, needed special care. I really, try to enforce a lot of limits okay that's what i would do and i especially help you know the new parent with not being an enforcer because you know that that didn't work i'd be very on task about that i'd set routines and rituals i'd have them go to the beach and play games have family meetings so i mean i would be very like down to earth about what i would do I had limited time. Well, the the concept of uh, the, the parenting duties and having good boundaries around that, I think is very critical. 
We work to help people find their footing around parenting issues with, with the emphasis being on the biological parent kind of being in charge and, uh, and the biological parents and the step parent or the, the parent that's coming in. It's not that they, they don't have parental kind of duties and authority, but they have to sit in the back seat regarding the biological parents. And that's, I think, critical, especially in the beginning stages of working with a blended family. And the biological parent has to be persuaded into giving the step parent some power, which can be difficult. Your own biological child, it can be more difficult than people think to turn over some of the power to a step parent. And parent, biological parents who are only looking after their children and not looking after the relationship and what it's like to live in a house with a child that's not yours, that's gonna create trouble. The biological parent has to allow the step parent in. And let's also mention that it's stressful for the children to be open to the idea of somebody who's not the biological parent developing parental responsibilities. And if that can happen, in kind of a synergistic way that's a win-win for everybody, so much the better, and we try to help them with that. You know, Joel, I really agree. The individual that's not the biological parent stepping in there needs to really be mature. It's a big deal to have to like deal with that in a not reinforcer role, but supportive role. I would think step number one and challenge number one would be difficulty in accepting a new parent. So what would the protocol be? What would the wording, the mother of this child, this is not my daddy. You know, I don't want this man to live with us. What do you say doctors to a child or to a mother and how you sit down and have this conversation? So there is acceptance in the future. Well, number one, and be honest, you're right. I'm not your dad, uh, okay? You know, but, you know, mom and I are together now, and let's see what we can do about it. First things first, you can't let children control the, you know, be in charge of the family. You can't let children be in charge of, you know, what kind of relationship you have or you don't have. So, yes, he's not your daddy, but I love him and we're going to be together and we're all going to live together and we're going to figure it out. Throughout that process, the responsibility of the person coming into the family to try to build a bridge to that child and make a relationship with that child. And that's where the patience is very, very important because it may not go well in the beginning, even if it's even if both people are willing to do that. And that was certainly my personal experience, because we are a blended family. My stepson and I, we love each other. We're close. But in the beginning, it was uh, it, there was some rough waters to, to pass through. He was six when we got together and eight when we uh, got married. He was very verbal, so it could all be talked about, but it was a process. 
bonding is, is so important, but it sounds much easier than it actually is. Give me some of your bonding techniques or bonding tips. I think that's different for every family. I worked with a family once where the son and the father started playing ping pong and it allowed them both to get out the aggression that was present in the relationship and have a bond around ping pong. Yeah, I would say have fun, but one very important concept is meet the child where the child is. Don't set an agenda where, well, I'm gonna take him to Miami Dolphins games. The kid might not like football. The kid may, you know, wanna listen to hip hop music. So you do that with the kid or play video games. Figure out where the child is at and go there rather than set an agenda for the child that they just may not want to follow. I think some of the things that are good for families in general, like let's have family dinners, let's regularly do low stress things to together, that that's even more important in the step family situation. Any last minute tips that we can leave our listeners with? I'm just going to reiterate the go slowly because I've seen good families with good relationships crash and burn because they weren't willing to wait a few months to move in together. I once had a 10 year old say my mother is making an inappropriate choice and I intend to misbehave until she <laughs> changes her mind. Um, that was not a good time for that couple to move in. This is the way we get great results. You know, by having integration of psychiatry and psychology to do, you know, conjoint therapy to help patients. And I think other people, if you listen to this, would understand this is what works. Yeah, I think this is the time in your family that if you're going to do therapy, this is the time before things get out of control. You know, like I said at the beginning, planning is very important. And I want to thank you too for joining us and giving us all this wonderful advice. Hopefully we've helped some families out there today. Thank you. Thank for you guys. Us. Thank you for having us. From Bregman MD, you've been listening to the latest episode of The Breakdown with Dr. B. If you'd like more information or to speak to one of our top psychiatrists, just head to our website at BregmanMD.com to book a telepsychiatry visit from the comfort of your home. Hope you've enjoyed our latest podcast. Catch you next time.